Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, well, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti, and I've got a great guest, uh, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, with me. Um, I just had him speak to uh, my students uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he's got a great new uh, concept that he's been working on, um, on God's Shalom uh, Peace. Uh, he's got a book that he's released called Unleashing Peace. Uh, experiencing God's shalom in your pursuit of happiness. Um, and, you know, of course, this is a podcast for uh, guys, right? We're training for manhood. And I think the first question that most guys are going to uh, ask as they're sitting and thinking about it is, um, hey, if we're talking about anxiety and depression and talking about the peace of God, um, what does this have to do with men? Because I'm just going to tell you, right, that the stigma out there uh, is that this is kind of a ladies issue. And yeah. So, Jeremiah, what would, what would you say today if you're talking to a group of guys? Do men struggle with this, or are we going to talk about how to understand it so that we can better understand how women struggle with this? Which one's true? I love that the Manhood podcast jumps in at the deep end of the pool right at the beginning of the broadcast. <laughs> Just Anyways. that's right. right. Jeremiah. <laughs> Bring the fastballs on. I love it. Um, actually, it couldn't be further from the truth if, if anyone believes that this doesn't affect men, which that is the stigma, because most completed suicides by far are done by males far more than females which is sad so just to kind of put it put it in perspective let's, hey let's, um, yeah let's be real it, it here. Is, let's talk yeah about it. yeah so and why is that women are much better at processing their emotions and feelings and therefore talking about it and therefore finding help and therapy whereas guys will just not talk to anyone suffer in yeah. silence and then uh, make tragic decisions based okay. on that so, super important that you brought that up Right, because my podcast before this talk about the importance of developing community, um, finding accountability. Right, and I think I think what you just said is so important because as as young men are listening to this and they're thinking about how can I be successful in life, right? I'm just going to tell you that when when things happen and they will, right? Yeah. Difficulty is going to happen. Stress is going to happen. Right. I mean, whatever it is, financial issue, marriage issue, kids issue. Yeah. Right. If you're alone and isolated. And, and you don't have that community that you've developed, right? That is going to be a very difficult thing for you to walk through. And what you're saying is, um, you know, a lot of men, unfortunately, walk through this alone and they don't walk they do. through it well, right? That's so it's right. super important for you to, to, you know, just kind of bring up that idea of, uh, of developing community because, um, you know, life is going to throw stress at you. Uh, and if you don't have people that you can deal with it um, and be vulnerable, right? One of the things mm -hmm. you talk about is how vulnerability is a superpower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. it is right? Of being able to share with other guys, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And, and I think we've bought into that lie as men, um, and maybe just, you know, men here in America, but we're supposed to have all the answers. We're not supposed yep. to struggle. Um, you know, we, we have to put on the, kind of the good face and just kind of fake it till you make right. it. And what you're saying is that's not going to be helpful as you struggle with these particular issues. No. And I would love to listen to your show on community because the worst punishment that we can do to an individual is isolate them. That's right. If you want to punish an individual, the most evil punishment is to, is to absolutely isolate them. Yeah. And that's what happens with men. I get worried about men too, who, and I know this is for young men, but a lot of men retire 
Um, they had all, all of their social connections were with their, and they did well, they could retire at 65 and now they can maybe have some hobbies, but all of their social connections were business connections. So suddenly they're sitting around and, you know, they don't have that community uh, that they needed. And so they can immediately, that can bring on different kinds of anxiety and depression. And so, okay, I, I, I've talked to those older men. Um, and they've shared with me some of the difficulties, right? That their wife is like, you know, what are you doing at home? Right? Yeah, like, go, exactly. go do something. I can't stand you. You're, you're such a yeah. difficult person. We're at the office. You had mission, you had purpose, you had plan, you had people that right. you were working with. And all of a sudden you walk away from that. And now you're just nothing but, you know, a bother for your wife at home. And so you have nothing to do. And I think that's a, a concept for a, a person who's growing and developing. If you're not spending time with some younger men and pouring into them, totally. right? when you're empty nester, when your kids are grown and gone, you feel like your parenting is done. And, and my concept is I don't see that anywhere in scripture. <laughs> I, no, I don't no. see that your biological children are the only children that you're responsible for. That's right. I think you're supposed to be responsible for your spiritual children. So you, you'll never be an empty nester. Right. Because right. there's always somebody younger than you that you need to be investing in. So that's a good word. I know that I, I focus sometimes with this podcast on younger men, but for the older guys out there who are listening, um, what a great kind of reminder that as you're yeah. moving into those years where you've got time and energy uh, on your hands because you've left the business world, um, you need to be uh, having a purpose and an importance that you're pouring into um, because anxiety and depression can you know sneak up Absolutely. on you in those in those later years and you end poorly as opposed to ending well. Yeah, and and you've learned so much. You have such great life experience. You yeah. can pass on a legacy of faith and people will listen. And Amen. so that, that is, you have so much to offer. Um, we need you now more than ever for our young men, because obviously so many fathers are absent today as well. So I love it. So true. So true. Well, one of the things you talk about is how stress kills people and poisons our bodies, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Debilitating anxiety, become ubiquitous, unfortunately increasing in all age levels. So tell me about um, how this has kind of exploded. I, I know the mental yeah. health uh, world Right. Um, 20 years ago, I don't think we ever would have been talking about this today. It seems like a lot of people are talking about it. So what what's happened that this has become a huge issue that everybody's talking about? Well, what's happened is we, we are facing what the World Health Organization and others called a mental health crisis. It is a public health crisis. Um, a group of pediatricians recently said we're in the midst of a pediatric mental health crisis. Um, 51, there's been a 51% increase in inpatient hospitalizations of our young people, Dan, just in grades seven through 12 that have been hospitalized because of suicidal ideation, <clears throat> having a time, not having a timeline method or plan when a professional said you need to be hospitalized immediately, a 51% increase this year, 2021, there was a 30% increase in 2020. And here's one of the, here's, there's a lot of factors that play into this increase and mental pain, but it has become so stigmatized in the church that I either have it all together or I am persona non grata, I'm a leper in the church. Right. And, and that is completely false. And one thing that I want the, men, the Manhood podcast to know is Jesus Christ, and I'm a gospel scholar, he made no distinction between mental and physical problems. He made no distinction between those. He healed them both. And it is so important that we understand Jesus' mentality, that he healed diseases, he touched people's minds, and we need to have that mentality as well, because so many are struggling and suffering around us. I mean, all the statistics are off the charts right now, and they're only getting worse, but 48% of the men listening to this broadcast will themselves have a challenge with mental health at some point in their life. So, you know, half of the audience. 
Um, and so it's something that we need to be discussing. And here's, here's where I've been burdened is the church has been lacking, Dan. Mm. Um, and, 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 you know, the, we need more podcasts like yours that are willing to have these conversations of, hey, guess what? Coming to faith in Christ, I'm forgiven, but God still has a lot of work to do on me. He has a lot of work to do on my mind. And guess what? He can use me and his grace is there, but he's still working on me. Well, as men, one of the great things is we love to get to the practical part of, you know, what can we do to fix it? Um, so, right. right. Um, I love I love how your book um, does a great job of laying out the issue. Um, but then it does move into the idea of, well, what are we going to do about this? Right. right. We, we don't want to just talk about a problem with not giving you some available solutions. And um, in the book, you're set, your book says peace happens through an action verb and it, it's thinking. Yeah. And so from a, from a man's standpoint, right, it's like, well, wait, hold, hold on a second. What does that what does that mean? Right. Uh, yeah. am, am I thinking wrong? Am I thinking incorrectly? What are you talking about when you are saying, right, that we need to be thinking differently about this particular issue? What does that look like for our perspective? Well, Tim Keller said it best. There's a stupid piece and there's a smart piece. Christians don't have peace by making themselves stupid. Christians have peace by making themselves as aware of their beliefs as possible. Love so it. the more you become aware of your beliefs as a man, the more you lock into truth, the stronger your mental health and your mental wellness will be. It will give you a stronger backstop, if you will, when adversity hits you, the more that you lock into the truth and allow the truth to set you free. But the problem is you've got to love truth first. Mm. And there's a lot of Christians that love Jesus, but they don't necessarily love truth, which is kind of a, uh, it, it's, it, you can't really have one without the other. And so yeah. Jesus is truth. Truth is spelled J-E-S-U-S. -S. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so thinking is crucial for Paul. He had to think, and, and here's the problem. We have too many guys. We're trying to feel our way out of our problems right? instead of think our way out of our problems. When I face a problem, I begin to immediately write down the spiritual solutions, the physical solutions, the economic solutions, the practical solutions. I have to think through that problem. Dan, if I felt through any of my problems the last 10 years of my life, I wouldn't be doing anything. I wouldn't be married. I wouldn't have five kids. Um, and, and that's why I have a whole chapter developed in the last, but it may be my favorite chapter in the book. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but what do I do if I can't quote feel my faith? Because we have such a feelings driven oh, culture. My goodness. Yeah, we, and, we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's so important that we realize, yes, it's a problem. Paul summarizes it in Philippians 4, verse 8. It's a verse that we need to memorize as men. And we need to pass it on that legacy to our children. Paul, and he uses 32 words to memorize, by the way, Philippians 4, 8. But it, there's one word, logizomai in Greek. I have, to, I have to reckon certain things as true. I have to do the calculation. I have to think about what's true of my life. Who am I in Jesus Christ? Who does the word of God say that I am? I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. This is why Jerry Bridges said that he had to preach the gospel to himself every day. I just listened to a sermon. I think it's from the 60s by J.I. Packer, where he literally unpacks Romans 8 and says, you have to live in the Romans 8 mindset every day. Romans verse 1, there's no condemnation to me in Jesus Christ. The last verse... Nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. And Paul was so depressed after he finished Romans 7, he had to write Romans 8. And when he looked inside his life and saw the sin, and by the way, that was when he was a Christian, when he wrote it, he said, 
who will separate or what can I say? Who, who will rescue me from this body of death? Praise be to Jesus Christ, Lord. And he launches into Romans 8. So what is he doing there? He's showing us how he thinks about truth and how when we think about truth, that ushers in the shalom, the peace of God. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, you know, the, the concept of training for manhood came from, you know, Paul writing to Timothy about the importance of training. And he talks about how yes. physical training has some value. Training in godliness has value for this life and the next. The word he uses is gymnazo, right? Which yeah. is where we get our word gymnastics from. Yeah. And I had yeah. I had nieces, you know, that were gymnasts. And uh, yeah. I remember I had to go pick up one of my nieces, you know, from, you know, the world gymnastics place or whatever. And I walked in and, and you, you know, just sat there for about 10 or 15 minutes and just watched um, as uh, a group of people, right, were doing incredible things <laughs> that yep. I didn't think human, the human body could possibly do, right? And they're all like eight, nine, 10 years old. Um, yeah. And it was amazing to watch that. And I just, I remember thinking, right, that Paul is trying to tell you, right, that just like you would do physical training, right? Like exactly. you're going to compete for a particular sport. And as men, right, a lot yes. of us can understand that. We did that, right? We're going to the gym, we're, you know, we're training, we're doing these things. What you're saying is we need to do the same thing with our mind. We need to That's train right. our mind to think correctly about these things. And it's not just going to, you know, happen over overnight, right? I'm not going to, no, no. you know, walk into a gym and it's say, Hey, process. I'm going to lose 15 pounds. You're like, okay, yeah. 15 pounds off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's, yeah. that's, right. that was the other big uh, payoff for me in writing the book is first off, I wanted to learn more about the peace of God myself. So because there's so much, and what I love about your podcast is we get beyond the bumper sticker theology and the soundbite theology into, you know, you got to think through these things. These, right. these important questions you ask need substantive answers. And that's why I love your podcast, especially on manhood. And when I thought about this, I realized the peace of God, everywhere you see it, it is a discipline. When does the word shalom show up? It shows up in Judges 6. There's a place it shows up. What's happening? Gideon is freaked out of his mind. He's probably somewhere he shouldn't be doing something. I don't know if he should be doing. He's, he's not in the right place. The, the Lord appears to him and says in Judges 6, 23 and 24, the peace of the Lord is with you. I'm with you. And what does he do? He literally builds an altar, Gideon in that moment. By the way, earlier he had said, God, if you're with me, why is all this cred happening in my life? And he goes on and he builds an altar to the Lord and he calls it the Lord is Shalom. The Lord is peace. Now here's the key for the manhood podcast. Gideon still had to go fight his battles. He still had to right. go fight the Midians, right. but he went in the peace of the Lord. Amen. So having peace doesn't mean I don't have trouble. Read second Corinthians. Second Corinthians is Paul's autobiography. Remember they, they call him the Job of the new Testament. Yeah. He had so many problems that they didn't think he was an apostle. He uses the word trouble 12 times in second Corinthians. And yet, so I can have troubles and yet I can still have the peace of God in the midst of those troubles. That's the I, okay. cool thing about being. A I, lo I love that you said that, right? Cause this isn't trying to ignore problems, right? That doesn't know anything. Right. But it's also not no. telling you, right. That, that pursuing peace and thinking correctly means that you're not going to have problems. It means that you're going to right. walk through those things differently with a different perspective and a different mindset. You talk about uh, each time you experience anxiety, try to identify the lies you're thinking and instead focus on the truth. Well, here's, here's the two things, right? One, if you don't know the truth, you can't focus on it. Right. So, so you can't you can't replace the lies of the world That's if you right. don't have something to replace it with, right? But it doesn't mean that the lies of the world aren't going to come and they're not going to attack you and you're not going to have trials and tribulations and things like that. But you have to have a plan, as you're talking about, to develop 
when these things happen, how do I then counter those? And it, it's a daily, right. it's a, it's an hourly, it's a minutely concept, right? That you're going through, that your mind is constantly processing these things, which is why I talk about the importance of, um, you know, as, as when Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples, right. And Peter was just like, Hey, you're not going to do it. And he's like, well, then you're not part of the kingdom. Then he's like, wash all of me. And he's like, hang on a second, yeah. Peter, that that's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. right. But, um, the, the daily washing of the word is what he wants you yes. to understand is, you know, once you've been washed with the blood of Christ, you only need that once for all eternity. That's fantastic. But I constantly need to be washed daily in the word to get the world, yes. the world off of me. Right. The that's word good. says one thing, the world says something else, but if I only hear the constant force of the world speaking into me and, and, and as you know, you've, you've talked about, right, that is constant in front of us. Our phones, our life is always there. But if I'm not also replacing that with what does God's word say to be true, then I can't counter what the world is telling me. And I think that's an important reminder for us as men. That's the battle. That's the work that we need to be doing. That's the training, right, that takes the effort. Um, And so you need to be spending time in your word every day. You need to be opening up and saying, Lord, what do you have to teach me? And how can I take this and counter, right, what these ideas from the world are sending my way? That's exactly right. And if we don't do that, then we're not going to be able to identify the truth from the lies. And that's right. where, and that is where so many guys are right now. We can't, we, 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 we can't identify we've exchanged the truth for a lie. Yeah. Now, one of the, the other things you talk about is um, how vulnerability is so important in the Christian life, right? You say yeah. vulnerability is like a, um, you know, a superpower for, for men. I know that yeah. this is going to be a difficult thing, but what would you say to the guy who struggles with really being vulnerable um, and allowing other people to come into his life. Well, yeah, there's, there's definitely parameters to it. And I get into this in the book. I mean, you don't want to just be vulnerable with the person on the airplane seat next to you. You're never going to see again. I mean, uh, you know, and and you want to use it, you know, so we want to use wisdom with our, you know, and also we don't want to be vulnerable with 5,000 Facebook followers that, you know, are all a bunch of acquaintances. You know, we have very, we have a lot of acquaintances in our life and very few true friends, but with those true friends, if you can please be vulnerable like the Apostle Paul was. And what does vulnerability look like? Vulnerability means sharing your pain. We have done such a bad job of giving people permission to share their pain in the Christian mm-hmm. life. Doesn't mean we worship the pain, doesn't mean we celebrate the pain, but it's okay to talk about the pain because, man, the Bible sure talks about the pain that, that people, that individuals went through. And if you can find someone to process your pain with, mental, physical, emotional, financial, whatever it may be, emotional pain, um, that is crucial. So being vulnerable and then sharing, or, or let's say you've gone, you, the Lord's delivered you from something in, in the past. You know, you've had, your, you've had your deliverance. God didn't just deliver you so you could be delivered. He delivered you so you could give someone else hope who's struggling. Right. So you know what? I used Maybe 15 years ago, that was your struggle. You, you had a, a bad marriage, but you found a way through and you made new commitments and you mm-hmm. renewed those commitments. And so this ability to be vulnerable is huge right now. And it's something that in the Christian community, we need to be better at. And I, I often joke that Christians don't gossip. We just share prayer requests. And so it's hard to know, can I be vulnerable about a son or daughter that's really struggling? And so that's why I give the parameters in the book. You want to be careful who you're vulnerable with, but vulnerability is life-changing. And for those of you that are leaders that are business leaders, or even in your, even being vulnerable with your employees, the ability to apologize when you get it wrong, owning your mistakes, that's all being vulnerable and saying, Hey, we're working. We're all a work in progress. We're all a work of grace. Like you said. Yeah. 
and actually learning to apologize and apologize correctly uh, yeah. is just such an important part, right, of, of that vulnerability and that, uh, that ability to make connections. And I don't think that we do that well. Um, and no, I know no. people who apologize, like, you know, I'm sorry you got offended by that, right? It's like, that's I not know. an apology. I know, it's like, no, <laughs> it's like no. Right. You got to own yeah. the mistake. You got to own it. Yeah. In you our know? family, we actually have to say what we were sorry for, right? I apologize yeah. for, and then we have yep. to ask for forgiveness. Now we, we don't yes. make the other person forgive us because that's not our responsibility, but you do yeah. have to ask for it. So super right. important. Um, I do love to, um, that you bring in, um, I, I, you know, in, in the book, you brought in Richard Baxter, one of the great Puritan writers. Um, he says, Christ leads me through no darker rooms than he went through before. Um, I love how you remind us um, that we're not the only people who are going through these difficult and dark times, that there have been other great men throughout history that have struggled with uh, anxiety, yes. depression, uh, difficult times, right? One of my favorites, um, you know, is, uh, is Spurgeon, right? Struggled with depression, um, you know, William uh, Cooper, some other, you know, uh, yeah. great Christian men. And I think it's just a, a reminder to us to, to kind of say, hey, I know I feel like I have to have it all together. Um, but the reality is, is right. Nobody's had it all together except for Jesus. Um, so admitting that you've got weaknesses and failures and difficulties, but then doing the hard work necessary to counter those with the truth of God's word is what we're supposed to be all about. That's exactly right. And, and this is where it is absolutely crucial that we develop that peace plan in our life that I'm talking about. But while we're doing that, give ourselves some grace because I, I was so inspired by the story of J.B. Phillips. I, I love reading Christian biographies. That's something that my dad taught me to do. And in my own spiritual matriculation, he would give me Christian biographies to read. And so a lot of the people you mentioned, I've read their biographies. But studying the backstory, all I knew is my J.B. Phillips Bible that I have up here, that his story was incredible. Went to Cambridge and Atheist, came to Christ during the Nazi Blitz of London. Talk about a man's man. Um, he's in the he's in the uh, the bomb shelters during the Nazi Blitz, trying to quote the KJV, and his students in his youth ministry don't understand what he's saying. And he uses literally God speaks to him there to do his own Bible translation that in the today's modern English. And he does this beautiful translation called the Phillips translation of the Bible. What's really cool, the connection that he has with C.S. Lewis, he couldn't get it published. He, he sent his translation of Colossians to C.S. Lewis. Lewis is such a stud. He's a rock star at this time. And Lewis writes back and he said, it was like seeing a family portrait that had been cleaned, reading your, your translation of Colossians. And Lewis is the reason that Phillips got published. I think it sold 4 million copies. Um, he had this great writing ministry of writing people letters and answering questions. He wrote a book called The Ring of Truth. He wrote a book called Your God is Too Small. And guess what? J.B. Phillips suffered with depression for 50 years of his ministry. Mm. He didn't want to go to his book signings. He had trouble around people. He would get anxiety. His wife would literally have to kind of work him up and get him to the book signings. Uh, he died in 1982, kind of before um, a lot of the modern like cognitive behavioral therapy and a lot of the great medicine and, and, and practices and disciplines that we talk about. Those didn't exist back then. And so he really struggled it. He, there's a book called The Wounded Healer about the life of J.B. Phillips. And uh, it, it inspired me. And so for the men listening to this, you can be greatly used by God. You can be an awesome dad, awesome husband, awesome in the workforce and still be working on your mental health and your mental pain. Like C.S. Lewis said in The Problem of Pain, there's so much stigma. It's easier to say my tooth is aching than my heart is breaking. Yeah, and so true. I appreciate you, Dan, helping us break the stigma 
and having talks like this, and we should do more of them and, and give those practical steps of how we can push through it and move forward. Yeah. Last question I have for you, because I love your book and I want people to read it. Um, but you, <laughs> you, um, you put the whole package together that sometimes we forget um, that we're spirit, soul and body. Um, and that all of those are working together. What what would you say um, to help a person understand how important that concept is? It it is so important how we take care of our physical temple that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're psychosocial um, people, but we're physical psychosocial. We're soul, spirit, body. Some would mm. say I totally agree with that. So I have a whole section in the book on how since we're spirit, soul, and body we can't neglect our body and expect our mind to work the way that it needs to. And so some true, of the cheapest true. therapy you can do is go, go jog two miles and, and you'll think differently. Some of my greatest ideas come when I'm working out. I can't explain it. It's like my, my, the Lord works through when I exercise, my brain's operating better. And I get these just great ideas. I almost have to get off the elliptical and go write them down. Um, and taking, and so I interview a board certified medical doctor about how important it is how it will change our minds, the way we take care of our body and getting proper nutrition. I get into that. We needed a chapter on that because we're, we're malnourished. Um, our, we, don't, we don't eat the way Jesus ate <laughs> in the New Testament. And so we need to change some of these fundamental things if we're really serious about having the peace of God in all the areas of our life. And if, you know, if we're addicted to Netflix and Cheetos and the couch for hours, and if we never get out exercise, if we isolate ourselves, if we don't get out in the nature, if we don't see God, if we're not moving, man, you're not going to think right. You're not going to yeah. think as well as you can. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, is just understanding, um, imagine, um, you know, Jesus walking, right. Spending time with his disciples, yeah. addressing, you know, the concept of his life, um, put him in, you know, 2021 <laughs> yep. and how fast life comes at you. And I think the concept that we have is right? It's almost like we, we take our mind and it's supposed to keep up with the reality of, of what's going on around us. Good but point. I think it was, it was made for a much slower pace of life. Yes. Um, and we don't slow ourselves down enough to really deal with the depths of the reality of humanity that we are. We just kind right. of, you know, glaze over things, run through things and pretend things on are going to get better on to yep. the next deal. And then, you know, after five, 10, 15 years of that, it's almost like our bodies just say, Hey, listen, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, right? And so you've, you've got to take care of your spirit, your soul and your body. And that's such an important facet. And sometimes we forget about that. We don't get the rest that we need. We don't feed our body the nutrition that it, you know, that it needs and it deserves. Uh, and then we expect it to do the things that we're asking it to do, you know, for right. 80 years. And it's like, it just, it just doesn't happen. It just won't work. So, so important. I love your book. I love that you wrote <laughs> it. I you. love that you, you took the time uh, to introduce this to us. Um, I know that I've mentioned before um, that um, one of the books I read said 94% of men won't ever read a book again from cover to cover. Um, and we're trying, we're trying to break that on training. For that's right. We're trying to get our men to be readers so that they can be leaders so that they can yep, understand these right. issues. And so that's I want right. to, I want to give your book away to, um, um, you know, the first five guys that email me, um, it's info at trainingformanhood.com. So info at training, the number four, awesome. for manhood.com. I want to give the book away. Um, and uh, you haven't mentioned um, the name of your wife yet. So um, mention <laughs> you're, you're raising five kids. Three of them are triplet boys. So she, yep. in, in my mind, and I know in yours as well, right? She's a champion. She's a warrior. I love her. Um, tell us her name. And then if they email me her name, they'll get a copy of the book. The first five people to do it. 
Her name is Audrey, but she's a superhero. So either yeah. one works. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jeremiah, thanks for the time. Thanks for um, all that you've invested into um, my students here at my school, uh, but really into the life of the men who are listening now as well Amen. Uh, and giving them um, just um, some, some great things that can help them understand how to do life better and to walk alongside other people when they're struggling as well. Well, my pleasure. And Dan, I want to thank you for your ministry and your leadership. We need, we need you all over the country. So I'd love to come back and keep talking. I love this podcast. Keep up the great work you're doing. Awesome. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.